This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. God's Word says this in Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 through verse 6. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, it is, is it lawful for a man to put away or divorce his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that which that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female and said for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and by the way folks this was given to adam and eve but it wasn't for adam and eve you said preacher how do you know it wasn't for adam and eve they didn't have a mother and father amen for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, there are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God have joined together, let not man put asunder. Let us pray. Jesus, as we bow our heads and our hearts in your presence, I love you today, and I praise you. And I pray today that you would speak to us and through us. And God, I realize today I'm dealing with some sensitive issues, but I pray that the Word of God would be a word in season to people's needs. Have your will and way, and for all you do, we're going to praise you. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Till you come, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about building a marriage that will last. Building a marriage that will last. In the last uh, 50 years, in the last 50 years, divorce rate literally has increased 700%. It's increased 700%. So how do we build a marriage that will last. A guy had a Mercedes and he was driving at a pretty good pace. He was moving pretty well and he looked up and he saw a state trooper coming up behind him. And he said, you know, in this Mercedes, I think I can outrun the state trooper. And so he just put the gas to it and moving at a great pace and that state trooper jumped right in behind him. And then that man started thinking, you know, he's got a radio in that car. And he's probably going to radio ahead. There's no way I can win this. So he pulled the vehicle off. It was 5 p.m. on a Friday afternoon. And that state trooper walked up to him. He said, sir, I I just want to say something to you. He said, I've been a state trooper for uh, 37 years. And he said, I've heard every story of why people are speeding. And he said, I really don't want a fool with have to take you in and, and book you and put you in jail. He said, if you can tell me a story that I have not heard in 37 years of state patrolling, I might just let you go. He said, well, sir, let me tell you what happened. He said, two months ago, my wife left me. 
two months ago, she walked out and left me. And he said she actually left me with a state patrol. And he said, when I saw your lights, I was just scared that he was bringing her back. One man said to his wife, he said, honey, why did God make you so beautiful yet so dumb? She said, well, he made me so beautiful so that you would love me. And he made me so dumb so that I would love you. Amen? <laughs> well, now, marriage is God's plan. Marriage originated with God. So if there's any person that we need to learn from, it's God. It didn't begin with Dr. Phil. It didn't begin with Oprah. It didn't begin with any, anybody else. If there's somebody we ought to learn from, it's God. 76% of everybody that will get married this year, better than three out of four, 76% of everybody that will get married this year will have cohabitated before they got married. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying 76% of everybody this year that will get married will have lived together before they ever got married. Now, John Hopkins Hospital, it's one of the greatest hospitals in the world. They have some of the most brilliant doctors in the world, especially one by the name of Dr. Savannah Abigail Tate. John Hopkins Hospital said this, that if a person, if people live together before they get married, there's a 50% greater chance of divorce. So what we're thinking is going to secure marriage is actually advantageous to marriage. A 50% greater chance of divorce if people live together before getting married. Now understand something, folks. There is a 100% success rate in marriage if done God's way. There's a 100% success rate in marriage if we do it God's way. Growing up, I was a Dallas Cowboy football fan. I still believe wise men follow the star, amen? I was a Dallas Cowboys football fan, and about a year ago, I had the opportunity to meet one of my football heroes. I met Tony Dorsett. And spending some time with Tony Dorsett, I wanted to ask him questions. I said, Tony, what was it like playing for Coach Tom Landry? What was it like playing for this godly man? He said, Pastor, he was different than any other coach that I ever played for. I said, expound on that. He said, Coach Landry, if he knew you were having problems in your marriage, he would do something. He would take you off the football field and he would send you home because Coach Landry would say, we want to get things right in your marriage because you can't be any good for me on the football field if your marriage is not right. You can't be a help to me on the football field if your marriage is right, not right. See, folks, you can't compartmentalize your life 
Because the only problem is you and your mate are one flesh. So you can't compartmentalize your life and have this aspect over here and be successful in this aspect over there if your marriage is not right. Now I want you to know something. Being real transparent, there have been Sunday mornings that the devil visited our home. And he'll visit your home too on Sunday morning. And there have been Sunday mornings that I went out the door and slammed the door. He said, Pastor Benny, did you all have a fuss? Well, I don't know about a fuss, but we had intensive fellowship. <laughs> and I would go out that door and I would slam that door and I would get in the vehicle and I would peel out of the drive and I would come right here. Now listen, I've been guilty of a lot of things. But what I'm sharing with you, I've never done. I would get here and I knew I was going to have to stand here in the pulpit and preach the gospel. And I would do something. I'd pick up the phone. I'd say, Barbara, this is Benny. She'd say, I know who it is. <laughs> God bear me record. I'm just sharing my heart. Barbara, I'm getting ready to stand in the pulpit. Barbara, I can't preach to those people. My mind won't be where it ought to be. The anointing won't be on me like it ought to be. Until you and I are right. I can't be successful in another arena until we're right. And my friend, you can't either. You can't either. Your prayer life, everything about you will be hindered. Now I want you to see three simple things. The first thing I want you to see is an arrangement most sacred. An arrangement most sacred. Two quick things I want you to see. I want you to see the definition of marriage. On June the 26th, 2015, our Supreme Court, the highest court in America, redefined what marriage is. But there's only one problem. Matthew chapter 19, <laughs> verses 4 and 5. They can't redefine what only God can define. And the Bible says in Matthew 19, verse 4 and 5, And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning, he made them male and female, and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. See, folks, bills can be passed, debates can be waged, amendments can be made, but marriage will always be between one man and one woman. Because that's the way that God defined it. Now, I want you to see the definition but I want you to see the design. The Pharisees said to Jesus, they said, Jesus, when is it okay to get a divorce? And I'm not here today to beat people up. Divorce is certainly not the unpardonable sin. And there's forgiveness in the Lord. 
But you got to understand something. In Jesus' day, there were two prominent teachings. There was a rabbi by the name of Hillel. And Hillel basically said that you could put your wife away or you could divorce for any reason. If she burnt the meal, you could divorce her. If she put too much salt in the meal, you could divorce her. If you found somebody more attractive, you could divorce her. That's what Hillel said. But there was another rabbi. His name was Shammiah. And Shammiah said, there's no grounds for divorce. There's no biblical grounds. But Jesus spoke in verse 8. And he said there are biblical grounds for divorce. He dealt with adultery. Paul talked about abandonment. And certainly if there's abuse, separation needs to take place for the safety of the individuals involved. But in verse 8, Jesus said, but from the beginning, it was not so. Does God permit divorce? Certainly. Never commands it, but he does permit it for certain grounds. But he said from the beginning, it was not so. Because I want you to understand something. According to Malachi 2.16, God hates divorce. You hear me closely. God doesn't hate divorcees. God doesn't hate divorcees. Why would God hate divorce? Because of the hurt it brings to people. God is such a loving God. And the hurt that it brings to people, the hurt that it brings to men, the hurt that it brings to women, God hates it. He hates the hurt that divorce causes. But I never noticed something until this week. In verse 15, he talks about why he hates it. He talks about the offspring. He talks about the children. Now listen to me closely. Jesus just addressed divorce twice. If you study the entire word of God, he just addressed it twice. Here in Matthew chapter 19 and in Mark chapter 10, I don't think it's ironic that every time Jesus addressed divorce, he said, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. For of such is of the kingdom of heaven. He mentioned divorce and he always went to the children. You said, Pastor, I'm walking through a divorce right now. What advice would you give me? Rather than focusing on your next relationship, Focus on those children. Focus on the impact of the children. You say my children are adults, it still affects them. Focus on the impact of your children. I'm not here to beat anybody up, 
But I just want you to know that divorce is damaging. And not only does it damage and it hurt a man and a woman, but lady, I'm, folks, I know I'm not popular today, but not only does it hurt a man and a woman, but it hurts the children that are involved many times throughout the rest of their lives. I see an arrangement most sacred. And I understand something, folks. I understand many times people go through a divorce. There's nothing they can do. But second of all, I see an assignment most solemn. See, the arrangement is God's part, but the assignment is our part. One little couple got married, and after they'd been married, he said to his little wife, he said, I sure wish you could make biscuits like mama. She said, yes, and I sure wish you could bring home the dough like daddy. One man said to me on one occasion, he said, Pastor Benny, I married a Pillsbury cook. I said, a Pillsbury cook? He said, yeah, if you don't take a pill before eating it, they'll bury you. Amen? A, a Pillsbury cook. On his 52nd wedding anniversary, we had Coach Bobby Bowden right here. And I remember Coach Bowden said these words, and, 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 and I wrote it down. He said, I don't care when you get married. What era you live in, there's nothing easy about marriage. You've got to work at it. It truly is work. My research this week, the number one reason for divorce in America is lack of commitment. The number one reason for divorce in America, 50% of first-time marriages are ending in divorce. 67% of second-time marriages are ending in divorce. What are the crucial years, crucial years, excuse me, between year one and two and between year five and eight and then after 20 years because many times they've poured their lives into children and the children leave and the husband and wife have no relationship one with another. I'm talking about an assignment. Let, let me give you the assignment. Six simple words. Assignment number one, acceptance. Acceptance. Look what God's word says. Accept one another. Then just as Christ accepted you. Now, now look, I'm not talking about something immoral. I'm not talking about accepting something unethical. But I'm just talking about accepting one another. We're who we are. See, here's what happens. A man gets married, and he's got this beautiful little wife. And he says this, she'll never change the way she looks. And then that little girl says, I know there's things about him that I don't agree with. But after I marry him, I'll change him. Let me give you a news flash. They're both wrong. She's going to change, and he's probably not going to. 
I love what Ben Franklin said. He said, uh, before you get married, keep both eyes open. But after you get married, keep both eyes half shut. Now look. Acceptance. Somebody said, well, Pastor Benny, she's just an airhead. Yeah, and she was just an airhead when you married her. But you thought the arm candy balanced everything out. I'm talking about accepting. I'm talking about it is what it is. Accept one another. You say, well, she don't know how to make good decisions. <laughs> That's obvious because she may have could have gotten a better husband. <laughs> Acceptance. Number two, look. Attention. You say, Pastor, where do you get all this stuff? Right out of the Bible. Look what the Bible says. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as Christ himself. And the wife see, look, that she reverence her husband. The greatest need that every woman has is the need for security. The greatest need that every man has is the need for respect. He needs to be respected by his mate. He needs her respect. Years ago, we had a basketball team. And I was on that basketball team. We went 0-11, 0-11, and we weren't as good as our record. <laughs> and we were playing one night, and Cameron said to me, Benny, shoot. And I was out past the three-point line, and I threw it up. And you know a blind hog finds an acorn every once in a while, Amen. You know, a broken clock is right twice a day, isn't it? And that jammy went in. And when it went in, I looked up into those stands. And Barbara was standing there. And we was driving home, and I said, Barbara, we had a great game. She said, you did so good. I said, you really think so? She said, I, I believe you're the best one on the team. I said, well, <laughs> I said, baby, I could do something if they'd let me off that bench. I'll tell you what. <laughs> now, look, you're laughing, but every man listening to me, that's how he feels. Every husband in this room, that's how he feels. There's a little boy in there wanting a wife to say, I'm so proud of you. There's a little boy trapped inside there wanting a wife to say, you're the best. What does he need? Attention. Let, let, me, let me do you a third word. Adjustment. You say, what do you mean? Well, the Bible says the two become one. So if you're one flesh, you, you, you don't use your body for leverage. <laughs> you don't use your body for manipulation. You don't use your body for punishment. You said, preacher, I don't know what you're talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Somebody said, well, this is mine and that's hers and this is his account and this is my account. No, 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 no. It's no longer mine and thine. It's ours. Well, he's got two children. I got three children. No, no. You've got five. 
Look, there's a fourth word. It's amnesty. See, when you get married, you get a new middle name. I didn't know this. See, you're learning stuff. In the next four weeks, you're going to learn a lot. You get a new middle name when you get married. She said, well, you got to be kidding. No, no. Here's your new middle name. I'm sorry. If you want your marriage to sizzle with love in the loving cup, whenever you're wrong, admit it. Whenever you're right, shut up. If you want to have a long-term relationship, you've got to learn to say, I'm sorry. You say, well, preacher, I'll have a hard time. We'll just say, my middle name. My middle name. You know what it is. I'm sorry. Where do you get this? Ephesians 4.32. Be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Let me, let me give you the fifth word. Appreciation. Appreciation. Long-term happy marriages. It's proven. Say thank you often. Long-term happy marriages. Say thank you often. And then the, then the last word is affection. James Dobson said that women in America, 85% of the women in America said they'd rather have an emotional hug from their husband than a physical relationship. What does that mean, preacher? Here's what it means. It means hug your wife without being Oscar the octopus. Ed Young Sr. said this. He said, while lust can cause a man to stray, a woman can literally be hugged into an affair if the marriage is void of affection. Now, I'm almost done. An accomplishment most special. An accomplishment most special. Look what God's Word says. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. What's that saying? It's saying a lost world can't see Jesus. But when a lost world sees how a husband treats his wife and how a wife treats the husband, it shows a lost world, Jesus Christ. Sh I, you say, I want, somebody, I want somebody to see Jesus in me. Treat your husband right. I want somebody to see Jesus in me. Treat your wife properly. If a husband and wife just come to church together on Sunday, if a husband and wife would just come to church together on Sunday, there's a 74% chance they'll never get a divorce. Listen to me closely. 
every major religion, if you study Hindu, there's more males in the Hindu religion than females. If you study Islam, there's more males in the religion than females. If you study Buddhism, there's more males in the religion than females. The only religion where females, major religion, exceed males is in Christianity. Me and I'll talk more about this, but God help us. God help us as men to stand up. To stand up and say, honey, give me your hand. Let's pray together. Oh, honey, give me your hand. Let's pray together. Oh, honey, no, 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 no. No, I won't be on the golf course Sunday. Oh, baby doll, I won't be in the woods. Oh, baby doll, I promise you, as for me and my house, we're going to church Sunday. I'm leading my family to the house of God. I stood a few days ago with a man and buried his wife. And he looked at me with tears flowing down his face. He said, Pastor, we missed it. We were chasing ball. He said, I'm concerned now about my son. I should have had him in church. Oh, Dad, step up and be the man that God's called you to be. Step up and be the man that God's, I implore you. Step up and be the man that God has called you to be. Say as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It's the void in America. It's the void in America. It's, it's, it's the great dearth in America. One, I'm sorry, I'm trying to quit. Not real hard. One out of 1,500 divorces happen where that husband looks over at that wife and says, let's pray together. One out of every 1,500 get a divorce if that husband will look at that wife and say, let's pray together. Today, it doesn't have to be long, but today, let's just pray together. We go through five stages. We go through the wonderful stage. That's the hormone heaven. It's when you're just... On fire to get married. Just got to get married. But many times you move to the war stage. That's what turned out is what was ideal now has turned into an ordeal and so many are looking for a new deal. And then you get to the wonder stage and the wonder stage, oh my God, what was I thinking? I should have never married him. 
There's something about a sense of appropriateness. But anyway. And then you get to the work stage. And you realize it's not easy. For this jammy to last, we got to work. We got to work. Then you get to the last stage, and that's the worth it stage. And you say, I'm glad we stayed in it. (laughs) I'm, I'm glad we stayed in it. Somebody said, our marriage is made in heaven. So is thunder and lightning. Get all that out of your head. I, I read a story years ago. I read this story, and I'll close with it today. It was a story about Bob and Sarah. They would write each other. It moved me. They would write each other notes. Shamili, S-H-M-I-L-Y. They'd just leave each other. I mean, she'd open up the, this pot, and they'd be Shamili in it, and he'd go to get shaved, and there would be the note Shamili, S-H-M-I-L-Y. And they, they did that for 52 years. And it, it, it really moved me, and I, I started writing some notes. <laughs> I remember one time I put a note for Barbara in the refrigerator. She opened up the refrigerator, and I had a note inside. This is what it said. God bear me record. This happened. I said, it may be cold in here, but my heart burns for you. I mean, this story just moved me, and I wanted to improve. I knew I needed to improve. And one day, I was leaving real early to go preach, and I got her red lipstick. And I went in there in the bathroom before she ever got up, and I wrote, I love you, Benny. And I thought, I can't wait to call home. And I called back. I said, hey, Barbara, say, Benny. You get that in the bathroom? She said, I did. I turned that light on. It scared me to death. (laughs) 62 years, Sarah died. And they put on the wreath of flowers on the casket, Shamili. And they said to grandfather, said, Bob, what does that stand for? And he said, we always would write it, and it stands for, see how much I love you. You said, Pastor, what an expression of love. Let me give you a greater expression of love. That's the cross. Because, see, the cross says, see how much I love you. And men and women, we can't be the husband we need to be. We can't be the wife we need to be. We can't be the parent we need to be unless we get to the cross, unless we get to Jesus, unless we get to know him in a deep and wonderful way. Amen? It all begins with that relationship with Jesus Christ. You want to be a better husband? Just get to know Jesus on a deeper level. You want to be a better wife? Just get to know Jesus on a deeper level. Amen? That I may know him. That I may know him. That's how you'll be the husband that you need to be. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. 
If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.